I want to welcome every one of you in the name of the Lord. This is the second round of, uh, I will say that, um, uh, closure of lockdown. <laughs> when we are locked down in the month of March, but we are not locked up. And one of the things that God did during the lockdown was to spread the news. It is the lockdown that turned our heart to the use of the, you know, social media. We used them before, but we did not concentrate on them. But when lockdown came, innovation began to arise. And exuberance as well. Because we have to still deliver our products to our value chain. And our value chain must be kept intact. Our product also must be refined to meet, to be fit for the day. I've been teaching you about 21st century leadership. And you can see all that happening among us. You know, because when lockdown came, we have to still reach the church members with the word of God. And then we discover that it's not only the church members, we can reach beyond the boundary of this building. And then we began to recognize that the gospel, Matthew 24 verse 14, is being fulfilled. Which says this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony. It is being fulfilled. And then we began to improve in our skills. So that we join the wagon of those who are learning much about social media. Because we have to deliver our product. Which is salvation and discipleship of nations. And God had helped us to increase in knowledge of this age. To the place we are by now, I think I can say that the slogan God gave us from the voice of hope is destroying the prince of the air by the power of the air. That is what God gave us for the voice of hope. And I can say today that CFT is destroying the prince of the air by the power of the air. That is the media power. We are destroying the prince of the air. Hallelujah, somebody. I thought you would put your hands together. Your, your hands does not have... Amen. Also, God had told us this for many years. We have been advertising on television, every house for Jesus. We did not meet up with it until COVID came. Now, God consecrated every house as better. During... You know, I think it's the month of May, June. And so, we gather in our homes and we took the prayer or church into our families, into our homes. And every day your home is a church. That is a great achievement. So the candlelight of God is burning heavy in every house. But the third achievement is that God now took us beyond the barriers of our confinement and we are having people join us from the Middle East. Saudi Arabia, we had people join us from, from there. People were healed from that area. Uh, Arab Emirates, we received testimony of healing from there. Malaysia, and then Africa, Canada, America, Latin America. We are not able to reach everywhere. And we can see that God is only wise. If COVID did not happen and we are not shut down, we will not have those innovations. We will not think otherwise. Let me say that. This is not the message of today. I just want to talk to you. Because this is December. I will talk about the message in two minutes. But listen to me attentively. Understand that one of the things I told you over the period is that modern day, you know, a, you know 21st century leadership is somebody who is proactive. Somebody who can think faster than the timing. Somebody who is futuristic in his approach towards his life. And because you are so futuristic, you'll be able to gather information that is adequate. You can know where your career is going to, swing into. And so you will have acquired appropriate knowledge before the time knowledge is needed. So that when the old knowledge is failing, you are current. You are not somebody who just in a cycle do the same routine day in and day out. And the same thing with your relationship in your marriage, in your family, and your spiritual that is a 21st century leadership. And I call that end time leadership. Because there will be perilous time. You remember VUCA? There will be, vulnerable, be volatility. There will be uncertainty. You will have all manners of... The Bible calls it perilous time. Okay? Peril. And Leos. 
And the other translation call it terrible times. Coming ahead. So if terrible time is coming ahead, Jesus warned us to be very careful and to be, to be watchful. And any believer who is not watchful now, may regret in the future. And so, as you are applying that principle to your career so that you are current in your career, you must apply it to your spiritual so that you are current in the spiritual. Really more to the spiritual. Because the greater success you have in spiritual, you will discover that career-wise you just follow. I would get it now because God is the one who determines promotion, not man. If God did not put you in the heart of your seniors, they can never promote you. They won't recommend you. They will not forget you. So that your God is paramount in this time. And if you commit yourself to you discover that every other thing will fall in line. So it's a great thing, a great time for us as a people of God on earth. As you strive to succeed in your, in your physical, I say the more. Commit yourself to excel in the spiritual. Because the spiritual controls the physical. If you settle your matter in the spiritual, physical will be. Amen. And so I challenge you that we have last days. This is, this, is, this is the month of December, the month of remembrance. Commit yourself. Be very careful. No member of this church should be deceived. If anybody attends CFT Church and you are deceived, it's because you chose to, not because you don't know the truth. I can say that, you know, very, very, you know, boldly, and I can say it well. Because in this church, you will discover that God gives you everything you need. All things are yours. Spiritually, intellectually, you know, humanly, emotionally, you have... It's a church of family where people care for one another. It's not a church where you come, nobody knows you, nobody cares about you. It doesn't happen here. Because the set man of the house and the set woman of the house, it is their life. That the church of God is family according to the book of First Timothy. And that is the kind of... World safety is global. And so, commit yourself to seeking God and to the maximum of Him. You will find the life otherwise easier. I promised you sometime a few weeks ago that I will be talking about the reality of hell. And I indicated that for a lecture for December. Because hell, we always preach about hell in funerals. And heaven, when we are burying people in funerals. But you see, it's something that we should really talk more of in the house. But before we go into talking about reality of hell, which I will do next week, I want to talk to you about two things together, crushed together, 15 minutes each for each. The benefits of serving in the household of faith. That is the first part of it. And the second part of it, we talk about eternity rest with Christ is your ultimate benefit. Eternity rest with Christ is your ultimate benefit. I intend to fly through this because I've done lectures on it yesterday and yeah, yesterday with those who are in the prayer. If you, do, if you miss the prayer in CFT, let me tell you, <laughs> and you are a member of CFT, let me tell you, don't be deceived. Because in our prayer, we have seen God perform miracles. <laughs> Ginormous miracles. Hallelujah. Not only among members, but among people outside. People have been healed of COVID, medically certified, medically COVIDed. That is, they were medically <laughs> confirmed COVID, and then a <laughs> family husband and wife got COVID, and they are not members of CFT. They said they just heard about the, the program. They switched on the television, the, 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 the um, uh, YouTube, and we were there. And I, I, I was praying for those who are sick. I caused pain of COVID to vanish, and I commanded COVID to depart. The woman said every ache in her body disappeared on the spot. On the spot. Check the husband. The husband felt the same way. What? This is COVID that now is giving them aches and pains. Threatening to, you know, affecting their breathing. And they said, that, okay, let's watch ourselves. Second day, nothing. Third day, nothing. They went to do another test. And the test said that they don't have COVID. 
They are not the only one. The one also who called us from United Arab Emirates was healed of COVID. Really sitting among us today is a, 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 one of our eminent women who was healed of pain, not COVID. Don't get me wrong. She was healed of pain. If there is, there is uh, time, I will let her come and share the. Just tell us brief about that. And we have seen manifestation of God's mercy. So, if you are in this house, let me say two things I will tell you. If you miss the prayer, it is not good at all. Also, if you are in this house and you are going to, uh, you know, get involved with some little, little prayer all over the whole place, you waste your time. I, if I was a Christian and I did not have any, I'm not a minister, I cannot go to prayer under somebody who cannot see. I can't. If I say somebody is leading me, he must have eyes. And his eyes must be clear to see. Then I know that I am blind, he can lead me with his eyes. I would get them now. So make sure that you don't, you don't under use what God has given you in the house. Others are growing deep, strong, powerful, and operating in new gifts. And you all must be part of it. Now, the benefit of serving in the household of faith. The benefit of serving in the household of faith. The first thing I want us to look at is, who are we who are servants in the household of faith? Everyone that is called, like all these ushers, the protocol standing, those working the camera, the choir, you saw them minister, you came to the door, you saw some people, they have been here about some of them two hours before the service to prepare the church to ensure that everything is okay and that is their custom every Sunday. Why some of you are still trying to go and bath, they are here. Making sure that the altar is prepared and everything is well so that you can come in and be comfortable like you are now. They are workers in the household of God. Including deacons and deaconesses and ministers of various levels, from the Pope to the archbishops, to the um, bishops, to the uh, you know all pastors, all ministers. In the book of First Corinthians chapter three verse nine, it says, "For we are God's fellow workers." So we who serve are God's fellow worker, workers. And it says to you who come to church who have not joined the team of workers, it says, "You are God's fields." and God's building. Two things here. Those who work in the household begin to see yourself as a fellow worker with who? With God. God is the commanding officer. We are his fellows. Because God cannot physically come to this earth to get this work done, he has allowed us privilege to do it. And we have different departments of functioning. Okay? But the church also should look at themselves at God's building. That's what you are. You are God's field. So as I'm speaking now, I'm sowing into the field of God. Everyone hearing me across the globe, whether you are a worker or a non-worker, when someone is preaching, he's sowing seed into the field of God. But it is a great thing for you to know that those of you who are workers, that you are co-workers with God. That is a great privilege. Now, the second thing is, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, and verse 2, it says, and as God's fellow workers. So, if it says before <clears throat> that we are fellow workers with God, which defines who we are, so that we can see ourselves together as partners with God. He now said, therefore, as God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Everyone who works for God or with God must know that God has given grace and gifts for you to function. And the grace inside you, you must work it out. You must not look at the grace in other people to work out your life. Because, you see, we are given various graces by God. The grace is, is you, know, you know, we have different types of grace by God. There are some of you whose grace are very, you know, uh, pronounced. And some of their grace are very hidden. You wouldn't know them. They are walking behind the button. Let me say something to you. We must recognize this. Somebody who is tall, God gave him the grace to be tall. 
everyone was born short, small baby. And then they begin to grow. And some will grow to an, a stage they stop. Others will grow beyond. And others will grow beyond that. And others will grow beyond that. All those things are God's grace. And if you look at those who are short, it's probably very, very short. They have their own advantage over those who are tall. And those who are tall also have their own advantage over those who are short. But everybody, therefore, in the house of God, you have various gifts and grace God has given you. What you must not do is to be focusing on the grace of others and ignoring your own grace. Then you will take the grace of God in vain. Celebrate what you are. Be happy with what you are and serve with what you are. And when God sees that you you are like that, then he can give you more grace. Because God is able to make all grace abound unto what? Unto us. So therefore, he says, For he says, In the time of my favor, I had you. And in the days of my salvation, I help you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. And now is the day of salvation. So we understand. We are God's fellow workers. And then as God's fellow workers, we must not take the grace for granted. We must use what we have. I think here, I can just allude to the book of Romans, Romans chapter, chapter 12. Let me read something to you, therefore. Romans chapter 12. It says in verse 3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. That's what summary of what I've just been telling you. Then he says in the next verse, Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same functions, so is Christ. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all others. Verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion of his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of saints, of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing, showing mercy, let him do so cheerfully. Now, if you look at this scripture, therefore, it just confirms what I've told you. That you have something. You see, one thing with God is that if you do not identify what you have and put it to use, God will not increase you, no matter how much you fast and pray. I think I remember I told you that, for me, I operate in all the nine gifts of the Spirit. I never fasted for any, any. I grew up as a young boy. Who just loved God with a passion. And I told my mother I want to be going to clean church. And my mother said, okay, Saturday we go clean church. And I started coming on Saturday. I would drag my mom early in the morning on Saturday. We have early morning prayer, which, is, which, which, which we hold at 6 a.m. every day. We would trek miles to get to church. And then I would take, after the prayer everybody goes, I would take the duster and I begin to clean the altar. And I'm afraid so much of the altar because our altar has this barricade. You don't have choir on the altar. Nobody climbs the altar except pastors, ministers of God. So when we stand there, we're so much afraid. That's a sacred place where God's ministers speak. So we respect the altar so much. And that's how I started. And I joined the intercessors too, very, at the age of nine. I joined intercessors, global intercessors. I was the only young man who, uh, boy who joined them. I joined the choir at nine. I was the youngest in the choir. So I lived my life serving God, looking for a service, looking for something to do for Christ, looking for a service. I love Jesus so much. No wonder what he made me today. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Jesus made available to me everything I need when I function in offices. If I need prophecy, he gives me. If I need vision, he opens my eyes. Away. Angels open my eyes and he starts telling me things. Holy Spirit will talk to me. When we went to Island of Patmos, an angel appeared to me in the Island of Patmos that night. 
that night in Allah's apartments. And my encounters with Jesus and angels is not when I'm old. From my teenage age, really before I was teenage, from by the age of 10, I started having encounters. Why? Because the word of God cannot be broken. Your heart towards God determines God's heart towards you. I tell you. And it's your choice. It's not about age. It's your choice. Some people go fasting 40 days and 40 nights. They're looking for power. I don't. I have never in my life fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And I beg God never to do it till I die. Why? Jesus had done the fasting for me for 40 days and 40 nights. At the Mount of Temptation, we went there when we went to Israel. You will never hear that any of the apostles fasted 40 days and 40 nights. For what? For what? Moses fasted 40 days and 40 nights. You never hear that Joshua did it. Caleb didn't do that. Uh, Elijah fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Elisha never did that. But these guys went beyond the ones who was their mentor. And the same thing with the apostles. We do fast, of course, but not for power. Not for power. He said you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Somebody needs to pray for the Holy Ghost when it comes to get the power. If God needs to heal the sick, and I'm ministering, and I speak, he heals the sick. I have no business in healing than to speak. Somebody who performs miracles is not higher than somebody who teaches. You need to know that. Somebody can prophesy and see tomorrow and tell details of things. It doesn't make him more anything. It doesn't make him anything. Because the church of God has been deceived so much that some people feel that it's an anointing somewhere. Forget about all those stuff. I have seen blind see. You are my, my weaknesses. Seen lame walk. Seen dead raised in my ministry. One day, God healed somebody. And two, two, two cripples were there. You know the story all the time I tell you. A girl was ill, and then I said, God, what's happening to the boy? I felt so sad. And the Lord Jesus came to me and said to me, that, What is your business? Are you the healer? I said, No, sir. <laughs> he said, Okay, you speak, isn't it? I said, Yes, sir. He said, Who heals? I said, You heal. He said, So if I decide not to heal, what's your business? He said, Tell the other one to come tomorrow. <laughs> it was then I knew that the Lord had a plan. To save some Muslim clerics who live within the region of that boy. One of the days I was in, I was a minister in Oliver Baptist Church, and you know, whenever people come to me and say they have any card, just saying Jesus name, you are healed, and that's it. When when I see a cripple, I say, ah, this one I need to really pray serious one. I need to fast and pray. And the Lord told me one day, I said to me that son, do you know that the power that healed the headache is the power that raised the dead? He said, my power is equipotential. It is not because you shouted. If it comes to you to shout, you may. It is because of my name. So therefore, whatever grace you have, don't glory in it. Don't think that you are superior to other people. No, forget it. Such attitude shuns manifestation. So therefore, let's go a little bit further. So you know now that as God's fellow workers, you must not take the grace for granted. Now let me take you to the book of Colossians. Your attitude towards life, I will call it, which means your life in God and your life in your pursuit. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 to 25. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you, are, you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Underline that. It is the Lord's Christ you are serving. I love that. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong. And there is no favoritism. Let this be your pedestal of operations. Let it be the resolute of your thinking. It says whatever you do, do it all your heart. He's speaking about spiritual. But this applies to all life. You remember what the Bible says, book of Ecclesiastes about marriage? Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. Put it on the board for me quick, please. When you get married and you don't put your heart and mind there, all your energy there. And then when, when, when you get, uh, um, um, sorry, Ecclesiastes 9, 9. 9, 9, not ask, ask, it's done now. You know, what did he say? Shall we together? 
enjoy life with your wife whom you what love all this your what meaningless life that god has given you under the sun all your meaningless days for this is your lot in life and in your choice of labor under the sun let me see the next verse please whatever your hand find to do do all what your might he's just talking about your marriage now put your might in your marriage and you can have a good home I will get that. It says, for in the grave where you are going, there is no marriage. There is neither working. There is no planning. There is no knowledge. There is no wisdom. So if you look at what he's saying here, when the Bible will say something for the spiritual, it is applicable to all realms of life. Knowledge will end when you die. Working will end. Planning will end. Wisdom will end. So when you are alive, do it with your might. Don't do anything haphazardly. Don't commit yourself to what your heart is not in. That's what the Bible is saying. Okay? Beginning from the things of God, your service in the church, your service as, as far as unto God, or not know that you have read it before that whatever you do, do it all your heart. It's Colossians 3.23. As working for the Lord, not for men. You know, when you are a servant of God, you are working for the Lord. It does not matter what people call you. It does not bother you. It does not matter what people say about you. It does not bother you. It does not matter how many people make you angry. It does not make you angry. Because you are not working for men, you are working for the Lord. And because you are working for the Lord, the integrity of God is paramount to you. You want to be a man of integrity because of God. Because you are working for the Lord. The same thing, your heart, if your heart is in need, that's it. People will see the success, they will change their talk. They will say, ah, we, 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 if they are going to be true, they say, we have spoken wrong before. But thank God not that he has blessed you. Eh? <laughs> it does not make you any different. Whether they accolade you or they don't, is irrelevant. The fact is that whatever you do, do it on your heart. Do you know why? Because he said we will receive an inheritance from the Lord. And then he ended up by saying, anyone who does wrong, verse 25 of Colossians 3, anyone who does wrong will be paid for his wrong. And God has no favor. Favorite. Understand this, therefore, this is the premise by which I will take you into other things about, you know, uh, eternity with, you know, is your, is your, uh, your eternal, eternal rest with Christ is your ultimate benefit. Because you must know that whatever you do, God will repay you. Whatever you do, God will repay you. He will repay you on earth and He will pay you in heaven. However, therefore, Second Corinthians 5.10 went further to say, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of us may receive what is due him, why in the, uh, for the things done why in the body, whether good or bad. That scripture confirms that Christians can do bad and they can do good, but they will report before God. Whether you are a bishop, whether you are, you know, um, uh, 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 a pope or apostle or prophet, it doesn't matter before God. We, when we die, we don't, they don't call us by our office anymore. We go as a man. Naked did you come, naked you go back. All glory presidents, you know, kings, queens, finish when you are dead. You just go and stand before the throne. But listen to me. If the Bible says that you will receive what you have done, whether bad or good, I think Christians should begin to do good more and stop doing bad. If you are born again and you say you don't know a bad thing, that's a lie. You are not born at all. Again at all. One of one, something about someone born again is that the Bible says Holy Ghost will convict you of sin and judgment and righteousness. So if someone does not know sin, he's not really born again at all. He's just follow, follow. Those who don't know sin, uh, Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, verse 1, and th- 1 to 3, that when we were in the world, we are dead in our sins and our transgression in which we used to walk when we followed the ways of this world and the pattern of, of the devil, prince of the air. Therefore, you and I must know this for sure, that we will appear before Jesus one day and give accounts. So, how will Jesus judge us? Or what I call God's jurisprudence. How does God imagine in law or in application of law the rudimentaries of God's, you know, you know, equity? You know what it says in Jeremiah chapter 17? It tells us how God will judge. 
You know, the judges of this world judge by evidence which is physical. But the God of heaven does not judge by evidence which is physical. He says, I the Lord search the heart. Number one. When you bring someone before God's judgment, God will just first look at the heart. He will scan the heart and decode everything in the heart first. Then he says, and examine the mind. And God will examine the mindset of that person. The heart may be good. The mind may be corrupt. I would mean uh, the heart, I taught you about heart and mind for weeks this year. The heart Maybe, okay, let me give you an example. Husband and wife just had a little, you know, uh, dis- uh, uh, disagreement. And then the, the husband said, I hate you, I hate you. Or the woman said, I hate you to the husband. <laughs> Is it true? <laughs> Lie. <laughs> Lie. The hate that that person is saying is a function of a condition that is happening as at the time. Okay? Because the condition of the spouse at the time, what the spouse did, does not mean good. It does not address the, the, the emotion and the feeling the spouse or the wife or husband had done something that is not in line with love, which is the premise of their heart together. And so after the anger is gone, say, I'm sorry. Okay? So in God's jurisprudence or God's judgment, the heart is right. But the mind is conditioned. God forgives them. And the man does what? Or the woman does what? Okay, I accept your apology. Okay? But when the heart is corrupt, the mind will always speak deception. Because the heart is just corrupt. And I will end you off with that before we go. I go and look at my lectures in the past, um, in, I think in August, September, I was teaching about heart and mind. It's very, very important. So God will, in the book of Jeremiah 10, uh, 17, 10, it says, God said, He said, I, I search the heart and then I examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct. According to what his deeds deserve. So, when there is an action, God says, okay. In his heart, what was his thought? Who, who, who is that person? Okay, this is what he is. But in his mind, which led to the conduct? Let's see. He scans the mind. Oh, this, this and those people informed the mind and misled this party all right so conduct is bad let's give him another chance because he has a good heart okay these who are the ones who infiltrated the mind to cause the conduct what shall we do to them when they will look at the heart of those ones their heart is corrupt that's why they try to win an innocent heart into their corruption. So why God may be lenient with that person whose heart is right, but his mind is, you know, corrupted, God will not be lenient at all with the one whose heart is bad and his mind is terrible. Because the one whose heart is right and his mind was negatively influenced did under impulse negligence. You know, however, therefore, if your work and my work will be examined by God in this premise, that's why if you're a pastor, you must not pastor with ulterior motive. If you're a bishop or pope or apostle or prophet or general overseer, your motive is major before God. Why? Your motive is why you are doing something. It is the why behind your conduct and your doors. What precipitated your action? What originated your thoughts? That's what's important. So if you're a chorister, if you come here to come and be trying to show, God is looking at you that he will just make sure that your singing is dry and people will be fed up of you. But if you are a chorister and you are leading music, but when you are leading, you are worshipping as you are leading, you are connected. 
then you will see unction flow. If you are a preacher and a pastor who just, uh, you know, you will, you will read all the news in CNN and BBC, all the philosophical stories and theological, you know, you know jargons and stuff, and all their legalese, you come to the pulpit and you begin to tell them that according to Times Magazine in 1940, you know, according to, and you are quoting all those things, you know, people will be looking at you as a good storyteller. That story you are telling on pulpits, people, as people come, they go. It will not bring healing. It cannot bring prophecy. It cannot bring revelation. I will in cognizance. So, your conduct, your deeds, must come from a pure heart. That's why it says in that Corinthians that Colossians, it is the Lord you are serving, not men. If you are a preacher and you preach because you want to collect honorarium, you are a dead man, really dead man. <laughs> so our heart is very very important, and our mind. That's why you have to guard your mind. Be careful the friends you keep. Be careful the people you listen to. Let me read some scriptures to you that I found yesterday. I was just, uh, you know, is it jiving, I call it, with the Holy Spirit. Let me read this one for you. This is just, by the way. Look at the book of Proverbs very quickly. You write many scriptures down now because I'm missing up my time. Proverbs 23 verse 4. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 20. A faithful man will be, will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. You know what I'm talking about? Get rich quick, 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 get rich quick. Make money without sweat. Is that in line with the Bible? <laughs> That is thief, <laughs> robbery. <laughs> you are making money without sweat. You are robbery. That is robbery. Because the Bible says you must, you must work, you must work hard to earn your living. Someone says that bring, give me hundred pounds there, and you will make two, 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 two thousand pounds or three thousand pounds or four thousand pounds. I mean, stupid. If you are deceived by that, they will get you. They will get you. Oh, no, let's put the money together. You don't know what business they are doing and you are taking profit from it. Devil got you. I'm going to teach you about that. I think those who are in law will understand it better. And I, I think when I teach about it, I'm going to bring it, split it very, very literally. Because there are some, 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 some businesses that are called regulated activities. By FCA or FISMA. And anybody who gets engaged in business and a regulated activity, but you are not approved, <laughs> you will end up in jail when somebody raises a browse. Be careful. Or they are play, playing, uh, they are playing this um, uh, a lottery. Can you imagine somebody went to play lottery and is bringing God to evil? Is bringing God. Pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, let me win that lottery. What is, what is life? Write this now. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into what? Ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That's why you see many ministers, oh, not many now. Some ministers, that's an understatement. Some ministers will say that, you give this offer right now, right now. This is the one God will bless you. Liars. And you are lying before God to God in his face. If you give this offering now within 24 hours, I guarantee you, you are going to have a miracle. Who told you all those nonsense? Satan. Satan. Raise up for people for nothing. God is telling me, God is telling me that. There are some people here who should give 1,000 pounds, 1,000 pounds. The devil, they are devil workmanship. You look at all their meetings, God is not there. God is not there. Listen to me now. Proverbs 1.19 Such is the end of all who go, who go after a gotten gain. It takes away their lives. 
the lives of those who get it. Proverbs 15, 27, a greedy man brings trouble to his family. But he who hates bribe, he who hates bribe will live. Proverbs 28, 22, a strong, a stingy man is eager to get rich and in, is, is unaware that poverty awaits him. Proverbs 10, 2, ill-gotten treasures are of no value, but righteousness delivers from death. Proverbs 1.19, such is the end of all who go, who go after a gotten gain. It takes away the lives of those who, who get it. Proverbs 20, 28 verse 16, a, ter, a tyrannical ruler lacks judgment, but he who hates ill-gotten will gain, uh, uh, gain, he, Ill-gotten gain will enjoy long life. Now let me take you back and we'll finish this message. Because... I've told you that I'll spend 15 minutes from that time, and my 15 minutes is 4 minutes time. I will carry on next Sunday. Don't worry. Therefore, Jeremiah 17, 10, that's where we went into those things. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his, what he, what his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. You know, when you deal with your husband or your wife, God is the witness. He takes your heart. When you deal with your brothers and sisters in church, God is the one checking your heart. If you stand in the office God has given you to deceive others, you will pay for it. God don't forgive things like that because God said that when you meet him in judgment, he will give you the word. Don't you say that, ah, I've duped them, God has forgiven me. No, you will pay. You will pay. You will pay. Now, let me finish by concluding the aspect of the benefit of serving in household of faith. That is what I have just spoken on all right through. Know this. How do we get to service? The Bible says Jesus is the one who calls us to service. 1 Corinthians 12, 5. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord... Lord is Jesus. But for when you are called to service, you need a gift. The same 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. So when Jesus called you to service, Holy Spirit give you the gift. And then the next verse 7, no, so verse um, um, 6, it says there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all in all of them, in all men. So Jesus calls you and I to service. Yes, he's our employer. Then Holy Ghost gives us the gift to equip us. And when God comes into you and he sees the gift, he works it out. He works it out. So that's the reason why no one can, can boast on any gift that he has. Oh, you know, I heal the person. Nonsense. You don't heal nobody. You don't heal. If anybody claims that he's a healer, you should go to the intensive ward and get everybody of intensive ward out of the bed. We don't heal anybody. We speak and Jesus does his healing. It is God who works in us, the gift he has given to us. Someone says, I'm the most intelligent. You are not. It's because you are still in, if it is in London, you said it because you are still in London. In whatever field you are talking about, you have not known what is happening in India, you have not known what is happening in China, you have not known. In that field, what you call genius and you call the best knowledge, when you get to some other guys, you look like a primary school student. The knowledge you have is a gift from God. The wisdom you have is a gift from God. Every ability is a gift from God. And we must know this. God, Jesus calls us a service. Holy Ghost gives us the gift. You know, Especially spiritual gift, you don't work for it. I don't read. You don't read to have the gift of speaking in tongues. You only pray. You don't read to have uh, the gift of uh, discernment, of healing, of signs and wonders and prophecy and you know uh, wisdom and knowledge. You don't read to get them. You pray and you get them. So how much more? If you who is claiming that you have the gift of the spirit, you pray and the cripple walk, you cast out demons, and you are boasting about that, what will somebody who uses head to read ed- education to invent something? What will he say? Even that one. God gave it to him. You see, the family who invented this COVID uh, vaccine, you know, you did not hear about them. 
They married the moment they were, even on their wedding day, they were doing the research. On their wedding day. And that was March. And God spoke in January that there will be cure. They got it in March. Okay? But if you look at them, nobody knew them before, but now they are, they are, their name is on the face of the map. They went, they went from <clears throat> how many watches they are worth at the time. They went into billions now. But you know, those people, they are not the most intelligent on immunology or vir- virology. Because we are hearing all manners of ology now that COVID has come. We don't know about them except in circle of uh, doctors may know all those ology-ology. But, you know, everybody knows virology now, everyone knows immunology now, or something ology. Who knows the ology that will come out next year? You know, something ology will come. But those guys, last year, did not dream to be billionaires. But God gave insight. And before you know it, the whole story changed. He will bless you. I say the Lord will bless your mind. But let us know that whatever He gives us, it is God. So that we don't glory in what we have. I've told you where you, are, where you arrive, I'm still your friend. Do. Don't tell me that uh, I'm not in your class. I'm ever in your class. Amen. <laughs> because I will tell you the story of how we used to eat Guguru and Epa together. In England, we call it fish and chips, isn't it? Eh? I will tell the story of when you came and said, Apostle, I said, don't worry, God will do it. Now when God do it, finish. You don't say that. I don't know, Apostle. If you, don't say, if you say, I don't know you, I will tell you that I know you well. Because we will spend that money together. Paul is planting, Apollo is watering, God is bringing increase. You are working and praying and God is blessing. So we are going to spend the money together. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. We will spend it together. We both labor for it. You don't say my money is our money. <laughs> of course, of course. And so when God blesses you, you don't change your friends. You look at those guys, you are, your friends in church. Don't go and think that you are now belonging to a group. Of course, COVID is breaking all those alliances now. Who knows what will happen next year? <laughs> so we must understand it is God's gift. Finally, I have to stop here. The purpose for which God gave the, the, the gifts, Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. Let me first read the purpose of the gift, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good of others. Did you see that now? Whatever God gave me is because of other people. How much will you eat from your salary? You tell me how much you eat from your salary. Tax will come out of it. Light bill will eat. Gas bill will eat. That they will use to pay salaries of some people. Isn't it? You buy fuel, they pay salaries from fuel. Your money, what you earn in your labor, already in it are many vested interests. So, your gift is to profit others. Be people-minded than being selfish-minded. So, it says in Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 12, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for the work of service, so that the body of Christ may be what? Built up. God gave the gift of the Spirit to build up the body of Christ. He gave you the gift, which is God's gift, knowledge, wealth, so that you can be a blessing. He gave you prophecy. You don't prophesy to yourself. It is to people. He gave you healing. You pray for others. You know, people who pray for, people who have healing, give they sick. I've been in your midst before. I was having, um, uh, what do you call this thing? A flu. Flu. It was terrible. My body was boiling like kettle. That my wife could not touch my body when we lie on the bed. My body was so hot. She touched me and said, we have to move away. I'm boiling. And I have to preach. I'm doing crusade. I came to your meeting in New Cross. Preach the first day. When I sit down, the whole of my body is aching me. When it's time to preach, I get up, everything leaves. And I preach, people who are healed. Then I come back and sit down, back into my sickness. I go home like that. First day, second day. On the, on the fourth day, as I say, you sickness out in the name of Jesus. It's like someone took a garment out of my body. Like that. And the whole of my body was sweating, pouring water. I looked at my body, pain gone. 
But I prayed for someone, not for me. So the gift had, had healed so many people. But I, who is the carrier, I remain sick. Until the mercy hit my body. So, your gift is to profit all. I will ask you this question now you pray. How many people have your life blessed? Think about it. If today is the day that you have to be called to heaven, how many people can you tell God that, look, as my career as an accountant or as my career as a doctor, as my career as a lawyer, as an engineer, as a trader, as this and whatever, I have earned my income from this, but also benevolently I have given service, that service to help this, 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 this. I raised these people, I've helped these kids, I've been able to mentor these children to, to you know, a uh, place of success, or this is what my contribution is. Oh, my spiritual gift, I've been able to serve in the household of God in this capacity. What can you say? So that is what should be our reflection today. Shall we stand up together, please? We are going to pray a prayer. That prayer is very simple. It's Lamentation chapter, Lamentations chapter 5 verse 21. You want to pray that God will restore you to your original. You know, when I look at you, I've often said to you, if you're a member of CFTU, <laughs> I've told you something. You will be blessed by force by fire. Look at me. Look at me. Alfred Williams does not want to be a preacher. I have a great ambition to be the first African who will set up company in England. Civil engineering, surveying and mapping sciences company. That's what my ambition was. And I read till my head, you know, and I was on the way to achieve it. In the field of land surveying, I was not a small man. I was able to. I went to serve in mapping sciences for years that I can map. Really, I, I contributed to the mapping of London in the UK. All right? Those who were with me, Pastor Sinarius of them, saw, they knew at the time I was doing the cartographic mapping of London. From area mapping, you know, designed the sortie and the speed of the plane, and then they flew the sortie, took it into the, into the machine, and then do a complex of it and bring it, brought it out. O2, I was the surveyor who reclaimed it. The Big Caroline extension flying over, over, over um, uh, the uh, tunnel, I was the one who did the leveling. Invited to come and do Euro Tunnel before Jesus stopped me. Now, Jesus appeared to me and stopped me from all these pursuits. Okay? If he did so, he gave me a promise for those he would bring to me. He told me he would make them great. And you are witnesses of it. You are testifiers of it. This is not a church that a witch would drive somebody. The person entered this church will be tied that witch if he does not withdraw. Will be tied that witch if he does not withdraw. There is a man God set up here who can see with the eyes of God. And so, the only thing that I demand from you is total faithfulness to God. And you are going to pray that prayer. Pray passionately. That's how you pray. And I leave the public for them to come and do announcement. Restore me, O God, to yourself. That's what I want to see in you. Restore me, O God, to yourself. Restore us to yourself, O God. And look at what it says there. That we may return fully to you. Renew our days as of old. Renew our lives as of old. Renew my family as of old. Lift up your voice and begin to tell the Lord. Restore me, O God. Restore me, O God, to yourself. Restore every family in this house to yourself. Restore every family of Christ, faith, tabernacle to yourself globally. Restore also God to yourself, we pray. That we may return to you, Lord. Everything the devil had planted in our mind, in our body, in our soul, send your fire to destroy them. Purify us, Lord God. Restore us to yourself, Lord. Your original copy you sent to the world. Demolish everything the devil has hidden in us from the day we were born. How he has coded our mind, wrong mindset. Destroy them by your fire, Lord. Purify us, all members of this household. 
Restore us to your original Lord. Renew our days of old. Renew our days, Lord. Renew our days. We are going to the year of lights to 2021. It will, will shine like the brightness of the sky. We will be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. We will flow in the rivers of heaven. Our mouth shall be the mouth of the red pen of the ready writer. Authority of God will reside upon our lips. Glory of God will settle upon us. Bring the The Lord will mark us different from everyone across the globe. He will Mark us with his glory. There will be different between those who serve God and who do not serve him. In the midst of storm, we shall stand shoulder high. There will be no plague touching us. The drought of punishment and judgment shall bypass us. Angels will attend to us. The spirit of counsel shall rest upon us. The spirit of wisdom shall rest upon us. The spirit of insight shall rest upon us. Understanding will rest upon us. Glory of God will mark us everywhere that we are. As we go into the new year, the year of light. For the light shines in darkness and darkness cannot overcome. Satan will fail over every family. The devil will fail, be frustrated. The will of God shall be established in this house. It shall be established in the life of everyone in this house. We will be sign and wonder in the nations. Our eyes shall be opened to see the King of Glory. Vision shall be made known to you. You will not be a stranger to open vision. You will not be a stranger to trance. You will not be a stranger. Blessed be your holy name, O God. We worship and exalt you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you. You know my heart, Lord, and I know your heart too. I stand on planet Earth to ensure that with the last breath of my nostrils, mortal men will know you, the only true God. For it is written, in the last days, the top of the mountain of the Lord shall be made visible the mountain of the Lord shall be exalted above mountains and hills and men shall say let us go to the house of the God of Jacob who teach us the truth Lord I stand for your truth to be known Lord everyone who heard my voice send your healing to their minds send your healing to their soul send your healing to their body Whatever the devil has coded in everyone, I command it to be destroyed completely. Sickness, vanish in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Pains, go in the name of Jesus Christ. New kidney, receive. New liver, receive. New heart, receive. New lungs, receive. New set of eyes, receive. New brain, receive. Central nervous system, be made whole in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ring fence everyone with your holy fire. Destroy every arrow of the enemy. I speak to the womb. Receive fruits in the name of Jesus. Bring forth children in the name of Jesus. Bring forth children in the name of Jesus. God is not barren. You are a child of God. You cannot be barren. I call for children from the throne of grace. Receive them in the name of Jesus. The storm of collapse coming upon the earth, which you have been speaking to us. As I see many companies, in the middle of it, I see a chasm, a lacuna, and they began to sink in, collapsing, collapsing, big balloons, busted. When that will come upon the face of the earth, you will not be partaker of joblessness. I say you will not lack in the midst of it. The Bible says in the midst of famine, my people will enjoy plenty. You will enjoy plenty in the days of famine to come. Oh, sovereign Lord, skill, let it come upon us. We worship and bless you and thank you so much. Anyone under my voice who had not known Jesus, God the Holy Spirit, reveal the Son of God to him. 
We thank you for giving us the strength to pray for 254 days, I suppose. And Lord, as we go into other days, may you strengthen us. Raise prophets from among these people. Raise seers from among them, Lord. Visioners from among them, Lord. Bless every business represented in this house. My Lord, that which you revealed to me and to my spiritual mothers by your holy angels, Father, bring it to pass in the life of every member of this household. So shall it be for you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless everyone.